0: Stock Car Spectacle. I'm Ian Jordan.
1: I'm Mike Gamble. And I'm Nick Kendall.
0: And today we're going to be going over the crazy racing that we had at Daytona and the truck series race that we had at Gateway Raceway. So first off, let's start off with our diecasts of the week. Guys, we had some pretty big news today and I already know that that's what you're going to base your diecasts off. So, Nick, why don't you why don't you tell us what happened today?
2: Oh man, well, first off, I survived my 21st birthday week. It yes, was, happy birthday a, to Nick, by the way. Thank you. It yeah. wasn't wild. Mike didn't, Mike tried to kill me, but he didn't get away with it. There's a couple nights there where I, oh, those are some wild nights, but officially 21 years old, which means I cracked open a Keystone Light, uh, raspberry flavor because Keystone Light follows the stock to go on Twitter maybe they'll throw us a sponsorship one of these days, but, (laughs) but okay. So yeah, today I literally feels like a dream and I still don't believe that it's real. So Trevor Bain has not been in a race car in almost two years. Now, Texas of 2018 was the last time this man was in a race car today. Just got announced. He's going to be doing a one-off gig with Nice Motorsports. driving the number 40 truck sponsored by plan B sales at Darlington this weekend. And pinch me if this is—I just don't believe it. This just, just doesn't feel real to me because I thought he was done, and he's back. Trevor Bain is back in NASCAR.
1: Yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe it. I had to look at the report like ten times. It's like, did we just get Slurn bombed? Is this fake? Yeah. Like, there's no way this is real. Right around Nick's birthday too. There's no way this is actually happening. But nope, yeah. Trev is back, boys. <laughs> Back,
2: so the, the full-on Bane gang is back this Sunday. I cannot wait for this race.
1: 16 well, rides again, baby.
2: 16 rides again. That's why I busted out my full-on. <laughs> <end.
1: laughs> yes, sir.
2: And oh, man. So, Diecast of the Week, we are going to Darlington this week, and Mr. Trevor Bane is back <laughs> in that car. So I thought I would bust out my 2016 Trevor Bane throwback car. He ran at Darlington, threw back to Mark Martin, beautiful race car right here. Uh, Trevor at Darlington in the Cup Series was not great success. Hope for better luck comes Sunday in the Truck Series. Still, his Mark Martin throwback schemes were beautiful, and man, I just I, I'm just so happy to dude is back.
1: Yes, oh, sir. yeah, buddy.
0: All right, Mike, what you bring us?
1: All right, as the other half of the six team, you know I had to go with something Trevor Bain-related, and I decided to go with my favorite Trevor Bain Cup Series scheme. Oh, nice. Yes, sir. Oh, that is a clean-looking car. Oh, yeah. Ran a very similar model um, in the Xfinity Series in 2014, but obviously had the the flared-out nose and everything with that body, that would be, what, his 2015 car, right? Because then in 2016, he went with the little checkered pattern on the bottom that was gray. And then 2017, they started adding the color and all that. But, yeah, that 2015 Trevor Bain AdvoCare car was one of, if not my favorite schemes of his, the AdvoCare ones he ran. So, There you go. The man is back. That was a Black Friday deal, like, two years ago. So, that's an elite diecast, too. So
0: Nice. Good find there.
1: Yes, sir. All
0: right, guys. So I'm, I'm sad to say that I never rode on the Trevor Bain wagon uh, before I met you guys. So unfortunately, I don't have any Trevor Bain 124s. I got a few 164s. So we're going to Darlington. I thought I had to bring a throwback scheme out, but it was not at Darlington. I'm bringing out Dale Jr.'s final ride going back to his Budweiser paint scheme. I just think this is just what a way to send off Dale Jr.'s Cup Series career than to go back to his rookie paint scheme. I, I just love the way that they did this. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, oh. I'll never forget that race, man. That was, I was so sad watching his final hurrah. And then him
0: having Budweiser's with everyone on pit road, that was awesome.
1: Yeah, that was really cool moment, kind of get back to the roots of the sport a little bit too, guys having beers on pit road and everything I thought was pretty funny. <laughs>
0: Exactly. All right, guys. So let's get into our race review. We went to Daytona International Speedway this ra- this weekend, and we went to Worldwide Technology Raceway as well. So we're going to start off with the Xfinity Series race. We had Chase Briscoe winning the poll with the crazy algorithm that they got they got going on here. Uh, we had Justin Haley going on to win Stage 1 Colleg Racing. Looked Fast to start off with, guys. They they worked that train real quick.
2: It just seems when we go to restrictor plate races now, college racing is always at the front. We saw it at talladega earlier this year, we saw it at Daytona last year. Those boys fast out front.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They've got one of, if not the best, uh, super speedway package in the Xfinity series right now. They always find a way to work together and get to the front. Until later in the race. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we had a
0: caution on lap 10 of stage one. We had Brandon Jones cutting off Chase Briscoe, took out the field behind him, taking out Noah Gregson, Hemrick, Allgaier, Brett Moffitt, and that brought out the red flag too. So uh, not the smartest of moves there for uh, Mr. Jones. Yeah.
2: And again, <laughs> yeah. Daniel Hamilton. Henry- <laughs> Always yep. caught up in someone's mess.
1: Bad luck continues.
0: Yep. But then uh, right after that, we had A.J. Allmendinger. He went on to win stage two. So good for A.J. And then he, here it got a little messy on the final lap and turns three and four. Ross Chastain tried to make the pass on A.J. Allmendinger. A.J. blocks him, and then they take each other out basically paving the way for justin haley to get his win at daytona
2: yeah uh that was an interesting move there by ross chastain i get it you're going for it but man direct your teammate on the last lap but it is turn three at daytona you just never know what's gonna happen geez out of all justin haley's career wins i think he's only won one of them straight like, up.
0: like legitly yeah <laughs> it, it,
2: it's all been luck for him all basically the ones been somebody's wrecked on the last lap and he just happened to be the guy there and then daytona last year but, yeah. well listen
1: i'll just say this though i've watched that replay like 25 times now i'm not convinced that is 100 ross's fault if you watch the replay he does seem to get his nose under just a little bit and uh aj just kind of comes down into the lane um yeah. especially you know late race racing for a win here you know can't really put fault on uh, on Ross too much, especially at this point in the year. If you don't know what Ross Chastain's all about, I mean, that's that's just dumb on you. I mean, so. he said
0: it best. I'm not running for second. I want to get that win. I mean, he's hungry for it. He hasn't won at all this year. He's seen his teammates both grab the checkered
2: flag. Yeah. I was going to say that. He's got to be so frustrated that he hasn't won at all this year after all the expectations
0: that we um, we, we thought he was going to be the top guy this year and then look out we had Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick you know taking it away from everyone and yeah Ross is just left with, uh, with a good old zero right there.
1: Yeah you guys hit the nail on the head for a guy that we were penciling into the championship for from week one of the season to where we are now this is not the way I expected that uh, the season to go. For him at college racing, especially with the way he drives at restrictor plate races, too. I would expect him to get at least one of those and maybe a win or two also under his belt along the way. But here we are racing to, uh that's why you go out there and you race every week because you never know what can happen.
0: Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, congrats to Justin Haley. That guy has the weirdest luck at Daytona. He got that win <laughs> taken away from the double yellow line. And he ended up winning the cup series race last year. And now he wins with this crazy incident at the end. So yeah, this guy in
2: Daytona. Yeah. Well, the funny thing was that he did his burnout on the double yellow yeah. line. I also just want to say before we move on, we had some pretty good runs here in the top ten at Daytona. Gray Galding, another second place finish on our restricted play race. He finished second at Talladega to Justin Ailey earlier in the spring. Uh, Josh Williams had a great run, and Jesse Little getting a top 10, and even Vinny Miller finishing P11 for uh BJ McLeod motorsport car that is running a two-year-old chassis right now for 2018
1: Pretty incredible runs. And once again, it just goes to prove you get to these super speedway races. uh, Sometimes the equipment advantage on some of these bigger teams is a little more null and void than at other places. So you get to see uh, what some of these drivers can really do if equipment were a little more equal. So really cool to see some guys that we don't always see running up front do well. So, yeah, always fun. That's one of the best parts for me about super speedway racing.
0: Oh, without a doubt. All right, guys. So now let's move on to Saturday. We have the Cup Series race. We have Kevin Harvick winning the poll from the from the crazy algorithm that we got going on. Uh, Logano, he goes on to win stages one and two. And then we get a caution with nine to go. Tyler Reddick. I'm, uh, Newman said it best. It looked like that eight car ran out of talent. Tyler Reddick got a run on Kyle Busch tried to make a pass, uh, ended up uh, sliding in front of him, taking out the whole field behind him, taking out Kyle and Kurt, Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse, Ryan Newman, just
1: yikes, buddy. Well, listen, the best way I could put it, in my opinion, watching that wreck was, I don't know about you boys, but I watched that race and just the whole race up until that nine to go, there was just a tension about it. It's like, When is it going to happen? When are guys going to get crazy? We know what's on the line. This is the last race for anybody to punch their ticket to the 2020 playoffs. So you knew something crazy was going to happen. You knew somebody was going to try something they wouldn't normally try to try to punch that ticket. Um, I'm not surprised in the least bit that it was Mr. Tyler Reddick. I'm a little more surprised that people are so upset about it. Like you didn't know this is what guys were going to have to try to do. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, that's we,
0: super speedway racing. And, yeah, when you bring it to the regular season finale, this is what's going to happen.
1: 100%. Exactly.
2: I mean, yeah, he had to go for it. I mean, he the only way he was going to make the playoffs was if he won this race. And he felt that this was his best shot to go up there and do it. Yeah, there were still eight laps to go in the race, but he had to go for it. So I kind of praised Tyler for doing that. He made might have made a rookie mistake in the end, but – he went for it, and I I like to award guys who have balls to go up there and do that.
1: Also, to know. be fair, Joey Logano does something like that every uh, super speedway race, so <laughs> yeah. he's still sticking around.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and then speaking of Joey Logano, two to go. We got Hamlin and Joey fighting for the lead. We see Bubba Wallace come shooting from the outside. Uh, unfortunately joey got a little loose there from contact with denny got into bubba then took out the field behind him uh including kenseth tyler reddick jimmy johnson cole custer and daniel suarez so uh, wild right there i really thought bubba was going to shoot to the lead and take the win there
1: well listen you know still with two to go as the leader you're always a sitting duck but uh I was screaming, yelling, and jumping as a, as a Bubba fan, too. Obviously, Blaney's punched in, so on, a half of me was a little relaxed watching the race. But knowing this was a place that Bubba had a pretty good shot of going out and potentially getting a win and uh, doing, like we were saying with Tyler Reddick, punching that playoff ticket, um, man, that was, I was on pins and needles. And to see, once again, Joey Logano, uh, end his, not end his day, because obviously um, Bubba rebounded fantastically, but more or less take away any shot at a win was pretty disappointing.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, me being uh, Matt DeBenedetto <clears throat> and him being on the bubble, if Bubble Wallace would have won that race, I would not have made it in. I would have loved to have seen Bubble win, but uh, that would have hurt if he gets in and then DeBenedetto misses it by, like, one point or something. But, yeah, that's just Joe Legano at a restricted plate race. and there, there, I get it two to go, but it's boneheaded moves.
0: No, yeah, I mean, we've seen the history of it. So, yeah, we're pretty much used to it at this point. <laughs> and then here at the end, we had William Byron winning his first ever Cup Series race at Daytona International Speedway, holding off Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin. Just finally, I mean, we, we've been talking about it all season. When is Willie B going to get that win in the twenty four? And he finally got it done and he, yeah, he had one hell of a race there.
1: Yeah, guys, I'll be honest. I thought when we were looking at the, the three bubble drivers, and I guess you could include Clint on this to a degree because he wasn't really locked in until the end of stage one, but if we're looking at those three or four guys. I thought William Byron was going to be the one on the outside looking in. Um, we saw him get a little flustered last weekend in the doubleheader weekend. And, uh, Get a little pouty and kind of frustrated on the radio with Chad Knauss. Uh going into a weekend like this. Um, I thought I thought Maddie D had been running better than him all year. Um, if you're going equipment versus equipment, you know, taking that out of the equation, you look at just you know the whole scenario. I thought Maddie D's do having a little better year given the circumstance, and I thought Jimmy Johnson's uh, his experience and everything, you know, would really found a way to kind of carry him. And I thought it'd be William Byron on the outside looking. And I really didn't see this happening. Good for Slick Bill. You know, you hear all this stuff about, you know, he's been here for three years. He hasn't won. And I've been one of the first people to say that myself because there have been times where he struggled being his third season in. But he was younger than Dur- in incomparable age at Jeff Gordon's first win, if I remember correctly from seeing the stats. So 24 uh,
0: days I younger. Did.
1: We forget just how young this kid is, really. I mean, he's really just starting. So, yeah, it has been a very rough season in a lot of ways. But guess what? He gets a win, he's in the playoffs, none of that even matters anymore.
2: Absolutely. Kid got it done. Like Mike was saying, I was one of the first guys to be super critical on him all season long. Uh, Connor Bunn in our group chat, he he was defending William Byron all season long. So I guess I got to shut my mouth now because... William Byron got it done, but yeah, congratulations to him. And Matthew Benedetto gets into the playoffs for the first time in his career. That was awesome to see. But I will say this, it is kind of bum- kind of a bummer that Jimmy Johnson in his last year failed to make the playoffs. The guys, his- he only missed it by six points. And he missed a race due to COVID, due to him having COVID, and he got his car disqualified at Charlotte. But there's two of those bad races right there. Really suck, but Jimmy Johnson still hell of a career for the guy. Still got ten races to go to go chasing trophies. So, but it's just really weird not to see him gonna be competing for an eight championship this year.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest, with this coronavirus season that we've had, I am still thoroughly disappointed he wasn't allowed to keep the points from the race that he missed due to COVID. I think I still think that's ridiculous in my uh my eyes. He's missing yeah. for something that's way out of his control. Um yeah, I don't know. I just that that to me that's been one of the most disappointing uh things that's happened this season. I know we can almost say the same now with Austin Dillon and how would that uh bumped up his stock as well and changed things, but especially in Jimmy Johnson's case, you know, we we know what the scenario is. We know he's not coming back for a full a full time season in twenty twenty one. So why are we taking points away from a guy in a situation like this?
2: Right. Yep. So
0: let's see how the playoffs are going right now. As we go into Darlington, we got Kevin Harvick as the regular season champion. So he gets 15 extra playoff points. Uh, Then we got Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Austin Dillon, Cole Custer, Almarola, Clint Boyer, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, and then Matt Benedetto. So this is going
2: to be an exciting, exciting playoff, guys. Well, it's going to be really exciting because of the points situation heading into these three races. These guys are not separated by a whole lot of points, so everybody's going to have to be on their A game in these first three races that we go to. Three very difficult racetracks. I mean, three very different racetracks from Darlington, to uh, Richmond, to Bristol, so it's going to be really exciting. Everybody's going to have to be on their A game because one little mistake puts you right out.
1: Yeah, you know, Nick more or less hit the nail on the head for exactly what I was going to say. We're in a scenario this year because the regular season was dominated so much by two drivers where literally maybe four through 16 all have a legitimate shot of getting eliminated in the first round. Um, So... Yeah, everyone's going to have to bring their A-game week in and week out. A um, couple tough tracks early. It doesn't get any easier after the first round either. So, yeah, we're, we're really going to, especially with no practice too, once again, we're really going to have to see these guys get the setups right and execute lap after lap even if they're not happy with their race cars because you don't have time to fix it if, if you're not happy with your car and you don't have any time for any – or any room for error, any margin for any kind of mistakes – So this is going to be, I think, one of the most entertaining playoffs in a long time.
0: There you go. All right, guys. So now let's get into the final race of the weekend. We had the Truck Series over at Gateway. We had Zane Smith winning the poll from the algorithm. And then we had Todd Gilland winning his first stage in two years that is just unbelievable with the kind of equipment that he was in you know he was with KBM for two years and to think that he got a win last year but he did not win any stages that that is just unbelievable but yeah good for him to uh, get some uh, points there help him out get into the playoffs
1: yeah absolutely you know like you said Ian he's We've kind of had him on our hot seat on multiple occasions at the soft car spectacle. Um, and it was a little, little surprising to see him do quite well for a little while in this race. And uh, especially because, you know, he's kind of scaled back in his equipment this year, being with uh, his dad's team and everything. So, um, fortunately, like we said, very, very good to see him run up front. But uh, yeah.
0: Honestly, with the way he's going, if we'd be uh, in Kinzel's classroom doing the truck series, he'd be he'd be in the Breakfast Club permanently. He'd be a permanent <laughs> resident of the of the, oh, the, the Breakfast he, Club.
2: if we were doing Kinzel's classroom from the truck series, I'd have about five or six permanent members in in that class in that Breakfast Club right there because there are just some people in this series that mm, I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, good to put it nicely. <laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> All right, guys. So, lap 23 of stage two. We had Chandler Smith getting loose and hitting the wall there in the 51 truck. Just more bad luck for KBM there. Uh, and then we had Todd Gilland. He goes on to win a second stage. So, he's really racking him up in this. But it's good that he's got these stage wins because with 39 to go, we had Sheldon Creed sliding up the track and sending Todd Gilland into the wall. So, yeah,
2: it was good that Todd picked up those uh, points there. Did yeah. Creed how, did Sheldon Creed forget what a brake pedal was? I mean, he just kind of sent it in its turn one right there. That, that was crazy. That stirred it up post-race for sure. But, yeah, really sucks for Todd Gilliland, I really thought. This was his race to lose right here. He pretty he dominated the day, led over 70 laps in this race. I for sure thought he was going to be the one to beat today.
1: All right. Yeah, absolutely. By far and away the best truck on the racetrack for the vast majority of the race. And to get his race, you know, ended the way it was is absolutely ridiculous. I felt bad <laughs> for the guy. Um, but you know what? That's the truck series, guys. We see it week in and week out. There's some kind of controversy, and that's why I love it.
0: Oh, they're always wilding out out there,
1: <laughs> and then
0: and then the man who did Todd dirty, Sheldon Creed, goes on to win the race, wins the truck trip bonus. So he won fifty thousand dollars a few weeks ago, and now he's up a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So
2: good for Sheldon Creed! What a breakout season he's having! He's got three wins on the year. Last year he came so close so many times. I remember last year a Michigan race where Ian picked him to win the race and me and Mike are just kind of sitting over here like Sheldon Creed what I, I still and, remember that <laughs> and, look, and look at him now three wins on the year uh he's going to be he's going to be a a threat once we get down to these playoffs for sure in this championship good for, good for Sheldon Creed though
1: yeah absolutely you know like you said really really having his best season in the truck so far hoping he can use a little bit of that uh that money he earned this past weekend maybe take old Todd out for a steak and a beer because definitely (laughs) deserves it after uh basically being his uh his outside running board to get him to the lead there
0: yeah no kidding (laughs) (laughs) yeah but good for Sheldon yeah he has really picked it up and I knew that that kid had some speed in him I it just took him a little bit to get adjusted from uh from the ARCA series, good Lord, with how yeah. much competition there is there. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's adjusting well. He's one of the top drivers. Like, him and Zane Smith are looking like the class of the field right now.
2: And which is crazy to think because there's two guys right now who sit well, well, well out of the playoffs who last year looked really good and I'm just really disappointed in. It's Stuart Friesen and Johnny Sauter. They are like 70 and 100 points out of the playoffs right now. If you would have told me that going into this season, especially like Stuart Friesen, Johnny started of struggled last season. But once Stuart Friesen signed out, where'd he go? He signed a Ford or something like that, or signed a Toyota. I yeah, think. he's
0: with Toyota now.
2: And they just completely fell off the face of the earth. That man was up there competing for wins week after week. And now he sits, he's 14 points right now, nowhere near the playoffs.
1: Yeah, him and uh, Johnny Sauter both, especially Stuart Fries, in my opinion, kind of pulling the Kyle Bush this year. Where here's a guy you had penciled into your championship for before the season started, at least a deep playoff run in the very least. And here he is needing, needing a victory to punch his ticket to the playoffs here. Um, I'm, yeah, I, you know, you guys, you know, I'm the resident truck fan out of us three. And I, scratch my head day in and day out with the season that Stewie Friesen's had. It's just I, – I, I don't have words for it. I can't explain no, It's just been with, weird.
0: With how fast that he looked last year, where did he get that win at? Phoenix, right? He won a couple last year. He won oh, yeah, he won a, yeah. a
2: couple. He won Aldora and – I think it was Phoenix. Yeah, Aldora and – yeah, this year he only has seven top tens and two top fives and – couple dnfs to go with that as well so
1: and let's be honest if you're if you're a competitive truck team a top five is a must or a top 10 i should say is a must
0: oh yeah, oh, yeah. without yeah. a doubt yeah it's just so crazy to see him just fall off like that
2: yeah we absolutely but yeah for johnny sauter yeah. as well like johnny struggled last year but he just continues to struggle, man. Like uh he's nowhere near the playoffs either. And well, we got like two or three races to go before the truck playoffs kick off. And it's just gonna be weird seeing a playoff without Johnny Sauter or Stuart Friesen because both are in must win situation. And minus Johnny Sauter at Michigan when he actually had a shot to win. Neither of those trucks look bad enough to go out there and
1: win. So No, win. So. Yeah. no, and I will just say this going back to Johnny Sauter. Um Minus Matt Crafton at times, uh, once again, Thor Sport Racing as a whole looks down. Yeah. Ben Rhodes hasn't been as fast as he's been in seasons past. Um, Matt Crafton at points looks competitive. Grant Enfinger at, at points does look good, but he hasn't looked as good as he was last year. And here we are once again talking about Johnny Sauter struggling mightily. Um, got a feel for Myatt Snyder once again in a situation like this. They bring back Johnny just to watch him struggle.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, geez. All right, guys. You got anything else to add before we end the show here?
1: Yeah, I will just say this though. Um that that Daytona night race was the most electric race of the year, in my opinion. Oh yeah. I was sitting on pins and needles. You know, we had a big watch party because that was like the kind of the second half of a uh, Nick's birthday party. Um for some of the family we don't don't get to see as much. Um so, you know, we're getting asked to play bags and, hey, let's go to them. Like, no, 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 guys. I, I literally cannot miss one lap of this race. Like, that's how on pins and needles we were. I don't like to miss any laps anyways, but this yeah. one, I was glued to the TV, couldn't move. And like I was saying earlier, until that nine to go wreck, man, that was like, you could feel like the hair on your arms stand up watching, just waiting for something crazy to happen. So,
0: so I got a question. Yay or nay as a regular season finale? I
2: think they nailed it i mean yeah you have weather concerns at daytona at this time but other than that we were dry all weekend long so surprisingly i they hit it out of the park on this one i loved it
1: i'll say entertainment value yay 100 that was again we, we talked about how crazy it was going to be for that race to be the season finale which it was but I would almost say, uh, argue it in a good way. That was everything you could want, and it gave everybody an equal opportunity to punch the playoff ticket on the last race of the the, the regular season, basically. Guys, you know, going back to everything with uh, with Roger Penske taking over Indianapolis Motor Speedway, um, I can't think a guy as intelligent as RP won't find a way to make that race really special for NASCAR for July 4th weekend.
0: Well said, well said. All right. We're here for another great episode of the Kinsel's Classroom. Professor, take it away.
2: Saddle up, boys. Class is back in session. Welcome to another edition of the Kinsel's Classroom here on the Stock Car Spectacle. Well, boys, it's playoff time. The playoffs are finally here. We're just getting ready to start the round of 16 with tracks of Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol. All-night races going to be really exciting so instead of doing a traditional kenzo's classroom here where we usually grade some drivers uh since playoff time we kind of introduced this last year towards the end of the playoffs where we're going to sit here and we're going to discuss uh the four drivers who we think are not going to advance out of the round of 16 into the round of 12. so what we're going to do we're going to do this at the at the start of each new round so we got the round of 16 the round of 12 and the round of eight and so on and so forth. We will keep on doing this. And uh, uh, so, yeah, let's uh, – so round of 16 here. Like I said, we got Darlington first, followed by Richmond and Bristol. So after that Bristol night race, uh, let's get our first driver who is not advancing out of the round of 16, Ian. We'll start with you, first driver.
0: Uh, the first driver that I think will not make it to the round of 12. I got to go with the number three of Austin Dillon. I mean, hasn't really showed speed this year. We saw him get the win at Texas, but, you know, he was out front. He had that clean air. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a luck win, but he, he his team was smart with where they placed him. But I just don't really see that team making it into the round of 12. Okay. Mike?
1: All right. I'm going to go with the 41 of Cole Custer for basically the exact same reasons. Um, I think he's one of the lesser deserving cars in this playoff field to be there. Um, I think the win more or less handed him the rookie of the year, which I don't think he really was. I think the win gave it to him by default. I thought Tyler Reddick was largely better than him for most of the season. Oh, yeah. um, I think like you said about his win, I think Cole Custer Got put into a weird position in a win where I'm not going to call it a lucky win. I'll call it very fortuitous to be in the situation he was to get the win. Um, so I just I don't see him advancing, especially with this first round. You've got some tough tracks. Guys have to go drive. Like yeah. Rich or Darlington and Richmond in here alone are gonna be very, very tough. And then you get put in a position where you're on the outside looking in with on Bristol. Good luck.
2: Oh, yeah, that's uh Cole Custer is also my first driver out. I like the kid, but like Mike said, let's be honest, the only reason Custer is in the playoffs is because of that win at Kentucky. He just did not have a very good point here other than that. And then on top of that, his finishes at the tracks in this first round are not great at all. We look back to the two Darlington races this year. He was 22nd in the first one, 31st in the second Darlington race, which was run under the lights, which is the conditions – we're gonna see it on Sunday night. He didn't get to race Richmond this year, so who knows what's gonna happen there. He did get a cup start at Richmond in the 51 car, qualified well, did not finish great. And then Bristol this year finished 35th. Uh yeah, sorry, sorry, Custer, man. I like your bud, but better luck next year. So there you go. Second driver who will not advance to the round of 12, Mike. <sighs>
1: I'm going to go with the 88 of Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman started off the 2020 season on fire. Looked like one of the best cars on the racetrack for the first handful of weeks. And then COVID happened and, you know, our racing season disappeared and then we came back and Alex Bowman still kind of been disappeared ever since. Um, Hasn't had anywhere near that type of season, Um, you know, up until winning, Last weekend, him and the 24 have wholly struggled on the season at points. Um, part of it is just a hunch. I think he's going to be your Eric Jones type from the last couple of seasons. It was like, wow, he's out in the first round. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him advance, but I also would not be surprised at all to see him on the outside.
0: There you go.
2: Ian?
0: All right, so for my second driver, I got to go with the 14 car, of Clint Boyer. I mean, he he just really hasn't been there at all this year. Um Yeah, I I don't think he has the speed to make it into the round of 12. You know, he he's in a stewart House racing car and we've seen him just kind of be, you know, the slowest car of the team. So, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it to the round of 12.
2: Yeah, uh I kind of have to disagree. I kind of disagree with you on that one. I think these are Tracks where Clint Boyer can really excel in mm-hmm. Darlington, he won two stages here last time we were at Darlington. Richmond is—he's got two wins at Richmond and Bristol. He finished second, so that's the only reason Clint Boyer stayed off of my list right there. I still okay. have to put him on, but I actually kept them off. I think the second driver out of the playoffs. This is going to make Ian mad a little bit. I'm going with the one car of Kurt Busch. Oh. 2020 has just been an average season for Kurt Busch. And here's why I don't think he advances to the round of 12. is because I'm concerned for him at two tracks in the round of 16. Darrell is number one, 15th here of the last in that night race, which is the conditions we're going to be seeing on Sunday night. And 18th in last fall's Richmond race. I know we got a whole entirely different package coming to that short back right there. But I expect him to run well at Bristol. It's just the winning speed for the one car we know was not, we know it hasn't been there. He's only got uh, five top fives on the year, but I just don't know if that one good run at Bristol, which I expect him to have, is going to be enough for him to advance. I think it's going to be a struggle for Kurt Busch, and I think he's going to be the guy going to be like, wow, wow, Kurt Busch out in the first round. All right. It's going to be tough. All right. Third driver we do not think makes the round of 12, Ian.
0: Uh, I got to join you guys on uh, Cole Custer not advancing into the round of 12. Like you guys said, uh, he, he uh, yeah, like he didn't get lucky with that Kentucky when he was just put in the right spot. But besides that race, we haven't really seen a whole lot of speed out of that 41 car. So, yeah, it would be really hard for him to advance to the round of 12 with where he's been at this year. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Mike,
1: what you got? All right. I got a big shocker for you guys here. I got the final car out going to be the number four of Kevin Harvick. No, I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> want to see Ian's face. I just want to see Ian's face. <laughs> he blows
2: 50 point he have the Come on, track. guys. Yeah.
1: He can drive backwards for about seven races, and he'll, he's already in the championship four. I just want to see Ian be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> But I we're will gonna, say we're going
0: to have to do a mandatory stock car spectacle drug test. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I will just say this, though. I'm getting back to a serious note. I am going to say in his team, I'm going to go with the 10 car of Eric Almirola. Once again, a very wholly forgettable season. A guy, in my opinion, you know, I know Greg Zipidelli was on a couple of different uh, outlets today talking about he thinks the whole SHR team will be back. If there's one guy in my eyes who I don't think will be back, it would be Eric Almirola. Um, I don't think he's had a good season once again in a top ride. Um, he's another one of those guys. I just very much so seeing him be a guy that's like, oh, he's out, really?
2: Yeah, that would be it. That one would shock me because Eric Almarola had us. He had that one stretch. He had that one stretch where he looked really hot. I will agree, though, he has kind of cooled it down a bit. But, man, that would – be a crazy one to see out that early my third driver is a 24 car william Byron. yeah byron just found victory lane for the first time in his cup career but i want to pump the brakes on that a little bit he has still struggled much of this season and he wanted a restricted play racetrack is that going to be enough to boost his team's confidence i'm just not too sure because we just never know what we're going to get from william byron he's too inconsistent to me He's had so much bad luck on, on this season. So for that, I just, I, I just don't see him moving on. Yes, that win is going to give him maybe a little bit of a boost, but we're going we're going back to some some tough tracks with William Byron here. I just see I just see it's gonna be tough for him. I don't see him getting out of the round of 16 unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I kept him in solely for the fact that he had the win. Which is gonna boost him up. He's not the sixteenth car in. So he's not really already on the outside looking into the next round. He's a
2: five point cushion.
1: Right. But at that though, he's still not on the outside looking and looking to make up ground early. So I think that gives him a little bit more of some breathing room. Um and like I said, I think there's there's some guys that have struggled this year mightily that I think you're gonna see out earlier than him.
2: Alright, last driver who does not cancel around at 12,
1: Mike. My fourth driver is the number three of Austin Dillon. I left him off. Uh, I mean, again, here's another guy I think wholly undeserving to have been in the playoffs to begin with. No disrespect to Austin Dillon in any way, shape, or form. Uh, RCR has been better this year. Uh, he did get the win, but like we talked about uh, with the aerodynamics of that race there and him getting the clean air was Virtually impossible to pass him, let alone catch him. Um, I just – I can't in any way, shape, or form envision him getting out of the round of 16, unfortunately. I think you look at the other 15 drivers that he's going to be battling with, I can't pick out four that are worse than him, at least as far as performance on the racetrack so far this year.
2: All right. I agree with you there. Ian, who you got? All right. Well. This really,
0: really pains me to say this, but yeah, I don't think Kurt Busch is going to be making it into the round of 12. It it really does pain me, but he has not been there at all this year. I thought by now he'd be getting his one win a year, but no, it just, it just looks like this is just a really bad season for him, and I don't. I honestly don't see him getting a single win this year. I think. I think the Bush Bros are going to be winless this year, first time, and who the hell knows how long when a Bush has not won the race. So, yeah, it just it just pains me to say it, but I, I just
2: got to look at reality. Yeah, that you just got to look at it like. You're some Chip Ganassi Racing, like that's where we kind of got to put the team at fault a little bit. We know Kurt Bush is a phenomenal, talented champion caliber race car driver. I just don't think that the equipment that he's in is is going to be race It really hasn't been. He's got the one win. He he's one of those guys that car no things backmarker top ten. But if he wants to, if he did get out of the round of sixteen. That's when the top fives are going to start mattering the most. You want to continue to advance and That's just not really a top five team. So, yeah, it's really disappointing to say. But, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly there on Kurt Busch. Oh, just how so. much
0: I want him to be back in that 41. It just pains me that he's not in there anymore. I
2: <laughs> was, like, the perfect fit for him. But, yeah, my fourth driver, I am with Mike here. I'm with both of you guys. All three of us said Austin Dillon. I do not see him advancing. 2020 has been a big boost and performance for Dylan and RCR, but I'm still just not confident that Dylan is going to have the speed to get it done in this round. I think the key to survival here is around top 10 to top 12 runs, and 83 has only got seven top 10s all year. And looking at his career statistics at these tracks in the first round, he got average finishes of 13.2 at Darlington, 18.7 at Richmond, and 17.4 at Bristol. So based off of that, I just don't see him moving on. I am really happy to I'm really happy with you boys that all three of us think that Matt Benetto's getting out of the first round. Hell yeah. I mean we're <laughs> going. we're going
0: to, I mean we're going to Bristol. I, I really think Matty D is gonna win that race. I mean look how close he was last year. He's in a such faster car now. There is no doubt in my mind, unless he gets caught up in some kind of crap, that he is going to win this damn race.
1: Oh. I just wanna say for the record. That part might be a little different from my our challenge bracket versus here. I can't take out Matt De Benedetto on Nick's birthday show. There's just no way. <laughs>
2: uh, okay, but, yeah, so I think that about wraps it up here. So, like I said, we're going to do this at the start of each new round. So, we'll do this again for the start of the round of 12, and we're going to see who's not going to advance to the round of 8. But other than that, good session, boys. Class dismissed. And today
0: we're going to be previewing the Darlington races. We got the Xfinity, Truck Series, and Cup Series all running at the Lady in Black. So first off, we got the Xfinity Series. It's the Sports Clips Haircuts VFW 200. It's a 200-mile race. Stages 1 and 2 are 45 laps each, and the final stage is 57 laps for a total of 147 laps most wins by an active driver is Denny Hamlin with five. Most wins by an active team is Joe Gibbs Racing with ten, and most wins by a manufacturer is Chevy with eleven wins. Chase Briscoe won the race at Darlington earlier earlier this year in the spring. When we came back from the COVID break, we saw his miraculous win against Kyle Busch. That was absolutely insane. So, guys, who do you have to win for? Uh, the Xfinity race at Darlington. Nick, let's start off with you.
2: Xfinity race at Darlington. Well, he finished sixth here the last time, and he's running a badass uh, John Andretti paint scheme throwback. I'm going with my boy, Daniel Hemrick, man. Uh, He has struggled so much this year, so much bad luck, and I think that just kind of uh, overshadows the good runs that he has had this year. So finished six here last time. Car looked really good at times. I would really love to see that throwback to the victory win. Daniel Hemrick, finally, this is the last time I'm going to say it. He's going to get his first career win <laughs> on Saturday. There
1: you nice. Go. All right, Mike. All right, guys, I got to go with the number seven of Justin Allgaier. Justin Allgaier has had a little bit of success here without a win, uh, I think 10 races in his career, seven top tens, three top fives. Um, he's been looking rather good here the last handful of weeks. Uh, if you take away this uh, this good old race again you know, at Daytona this last week where he got taken out. Um, but the race that he's had the pleasure of finishing and not getting taken out by people, again, looking at UAJ AJ um, <laughs> he's done well. This is a good track for him, you know, really trying to solidify his position in the field and get uh, back up with those boys and run for a championship this year. Uh, I'm taking the number seven, Justin Allgaier.
0: All right. So for my pick to win the Xfinity Series race, finished fifth here last year. I got to go with my boy, Noah Gregson. Uh, we haven't seen him get a win since Bristol, and we know that he's one of the strongest cars in the field. We've seen him get close to a lot of wins this year, but it just has, hasn't really happened. So yeah, I, I think uh, Noah Gregson's going to end up in victory lane on, uh, on Saturday, I believe. I believe that race is all right. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, so now let's go into the Truck Series race. This will be Sunday afternoon. We got the South Carolina Education Lottery 200. It's a 200-mile race. Stages 1 and 2 are 45 laps each, and the final stage is 57 for a total of 147 laps. The trucks, they have not run here since 2004, so this will be amazing to see, guys. So... Who do you have to win this race? Because we don't have a whole lot of stats to back any of this up. So, Mike, who you
1: got? Come on, man. He's back in the saddle. He's run laps here as a cup driver. If you think I'm picking anybody but Trevor Bain, you're out of your mind. Listen, again, what you said, Ian, you played perfectly into it. You know, we don't have a lot of laps under our belts in these trucks for a lot of these drivers at Darlington. It's a very, very, very tough track. So I think these guys like like Trevor and Biff that are coming back and running this race are at a huge advantage over the field on top of just being both being really talented drivers to begin with. So uh, I'm picking, what is he, the number 40 truck oh, of yeah. Trevor Bain. All
2: right. Yeah, I- Sorry, Ian, I got to go with Mike here. There is no way in hell I am not picking Trevor Bain to win this race. Mike said it perfectly. These truck boys have not run here since 2004. Trevor has six starts in his career at Darlington. I think that's going to help him out. I think it's going to come down to him and the Biff. David Reagan's in this race as well, so I think you're going to see those three guys running up towards the front. But, man, the 40 truck of Trevor Bain, First time back in the car since Texas in 2018. He's gonna get it done, and I'm gonna celebrate. All right, all right,
0: guys. We mentioned him. I gotta go with Greg Biffle, the Biff. I think he's gonna win this race. I mean, last time we saw him in a truck, he was with KBM and he dominated at Texas. So yeah, I gotta go with Greg Biffle to win this one. Cause yeah, a lot of guys don't have experience here at this yeah. track. So we yeah. might as well look at guys like Greg Biffle, Trevor Bain, and David Reagan to win this race.
2: You got the whole rouse re- the Ralph Reunion right there. Where's Carl <laughs> Edwards when you need him, man? Yeah, right. I come on, I heard that he was doing some testing. Let's go. <laughs> All
0: right, so now let's go into the Cup Series. We got the Southern 500, the big one. It's a 501-mile race. Stages one and two are 100 laps each, and the final stage is 167 for a total of 367 laps. Last time we ran here, Harvick won the first race after we got back from the COVID break, and then Hamlin won the second race. So, guys... Who do you have to win the Southern 500? Nick, let's start off with you.
2: Well, first race to the playoffs, and I am not going with the playoff driver. I am going with the 20 car of Eric Jones. This is probably his best racetrack we've run at. He has in five starts. He's got one win, three top fives, five top tens, average finish of 5.4. Every time we come to Darlington, Eric Jones is fast. And he just missed out on the playoffs, so you know he's going to be hungry, looking for redemption in his final year at Joe Gibbs Racing in the 20 car. I think this is just perfect for Eric Jones to get that first win of 2020. All right. Solid. On the playoff. All
1: right, Mike. All right, guys. Um, we've talked about him already in uh, the lead-up to the Southern 500. I got to go with the number four of Kevin Harvick. Um, you go back and look, even up to last ten races here, according to Racing Reference. Nobody has more points than Kevin Harvick. We keep talking about other places as playground. You might even be able to add Darlington to that list because he's uh, he's kicking butt here lately. Um, we've talked in our preview, review, and the classroom time and time and time again about how this has been a two-horse race all season long between him and Denny Hamlin. I don't see that ending this weekend either. I think Kevin Harvick gets it done and uh, does what we already know he's going to do, move on to the round of 12. Oh, yeah.
0: All right. So I kind of have a shocker here for my win. Uh, I got to go with the 18 car of Kyle Busch. Get out. I'm- yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has been hungry all year. We've seen him. He's been pissed off uh, in 17 starts. Kyle Busch, he's got one win, five top fives, 11 top tens. His average starts is 14.5, an average finish of 11.4, and he's never had a DNF here at Darlington. So I'm looking to see the 18 of Kyle Busch. With that Elliott Sadler throwback in victory lane on Sunday and finally get a win and finally shut Dalton Good up.
2: Good lord. I don't think I think Kyle Bush is gonna leave Darlington with a DNF. What happened the last time we were at Darlington? Who did he wreck? Who did he intentionally who did he take out? This was when he took out Chase Elliott the last time Whoa, we were.
0: Oh that's left. right. That's did right.
2: Did Chase uh does Chase remember this? Is he out for redemption right away? I would love to see it. Absolutely love to
0: see it. <laughs> we, we always love some excitement on the track. Oh, boy. We we get to see NASCAR's <laughs> most popular driver and NASCAR's probably most hated driver up against each other again. Oh, boy. This will be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. So you got anything else to add before we head to the Lady in Black this weekend? Trevor back, baby. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: T-Main's back. Here come the playoffs, boys. Again, this is where it gets serious. So, as much as I kind of disagree with the the playoffs the way they are, I will never, ever argue that they aren't the most entertaining part of the year. I'm on pins and needles week in and week out, and here we start again.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, year in, year out, it's just been so crazy with the elimination style. Yeah, it's not the best way they do it, but hell is it exciting so guys we thank you for joining the stock car spectacle make sure to like and subscribe on our youtube channel for more content you can find us on all podcast platforms with spotify google podcasts and apple podcasts make sure to follow us on instagram and twitter me nick and mike we're all on there along with the stock car spectacle accounts Make sure to follow our good buddy, Patrick Cotto, with the Cotto's Mojo podcast. You can find him on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And last but not least, make sure to follow our friends at Ashland Hedden's Racing. So for the Stock Car Spectacle, I'm Ian Jortzen. I'm Mike Gamble. And I'm Nick Kimzo. Thanks for tuning in, guys.